When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, there's a new MVP candidate for sure. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on your smart speakers as well. Don't forget, you can always hit us up on Twitter at Carlin versus Joe, at Chris Carlin, at Joe Fortenbaugh. And Joseph Brock Purdy last night was just absolutely spectacular in every way. And it's so clear, when we were having the debate about whether or not Christian McCaffrey could win the MVP, there is no chance that's going to happen. When Brock Purdy is playing like this, and his team is going to be a top two seed in the conference, and when you have this level of success that he has had, won all 10 of his starts, and he's just cleaning up in decision-making. They let him do anything. This is the furthest thing from a game manager you could be. And now the guy who was the last pick in the draft last year is very much alive in the MVP hunt, as he should be. It's just hard to wrap my mind around this because any other situation, if he, if he was a second-round quarterback, if he was a first-round quarterback, you see this production, you understand all of it. It, it, it. it registers in your brain. This does not. This does not. I mean, he is now tied for third in, M, in the MVP race. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes plus 450, Tua Tunga 5-1, to one, and then it's Josh Allen and Brock Purdy at plus 550. Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson all follow. I mean... The guy was the last pick in the draft. He was the third option last year. People forget that. Trey Lance was first, got hurt. They went to Garoppolo, got hurt. They went to Purdy. They've now hung 30-plus in 10 of the 11 regular season games where he's been their quarterback. The game they didn't was a Thursday night in Seattle. They still won. this, This entire situation has been incredible. And the thing that makes it so dangerous is we're not even close to seeing the best of Purdy, even though he's number one in the NFL right now in quarterback rating. I mean, he's thrown nine touchdowns. He's yet to throw an interception this year. He's completing 72% of his passes. Kyle Shanahan has a way he wants things done. He is a masterful play designer, and he's also a brilliant play caller. You don't always get that. You got some guys who can design plays, but they don't necessarily know how and when to call them. And you got some guys who are good play callers, but they don't design plays very well. Shanahan does all of it. He understands the rules of defense, and then he knows how to break those rules through his play design and implementation. When I was in the Bay Area covering this team, there would always be a few moments every season where you would watch the replay of something that had just happened because you just saw Shanahan ripping into Garoppolo. And you would watch the play, and it would be designed and called immaculately. Wide open guy running across the field, and Garoppolo either wouldn't see him or would miss him or would take a sack. And you you would realize in this moment that Kyle Shanahan has designed that play and called it at the perfect time, and Garoppolo blew it. And that happens. But what we're seeing right now is that with Trey Lance 
Kyle Shanahan had to dial that playbook really far down. There wasn't a whole lot they could do. Now with Purdy, he's got a guy where he can open up the entire playbook and he can trust the guy to implement the vision. And you saw it last night. Guys are running free all over the field and Purdy's finding them and he's hitting them. Brandon Ayuk multiple times. All three of George Kittle's touchdown receptions were of 10 yards or greater. This isn't a guy who's dinking and dunking his way down the field. He's not throwing screen passes and bubble routes. He's taking shots and he's connecting. He has been remarkable. I just, I cannot just fathom him as an MVP. It's just, my mind isn't there yet. I'm not saying I'm making a case for why he's not Carlin, but I just can't get there. It's too much for me too soon. We just started dating. I'm not ready to fully commit. I'm not ready to fully commit just yet. Yeah, you might be by next week. You I, might be. You very much might be. The kid's incredible. All right, but listen to listen even more so. Listen to his head coach say this because this is not something you ever here in football. He was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good. Um, but I um, thought he missed one throw throughout the day um, from what it seems like. Just a little behind B.A. in the first quarter on one and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job. There's a real good pass rush, some tight coverages. Guys gave him some time and also the guys made a lot of plays too. He caught a flawless in there. Flawless with a lot of his throws. I mean, that that's something. I mean, that's a word. Kyle's a, a perfectionist. Coach. Kyle's a perfectionist. For him to say that really says something. That is a word that does not get thrown around by head coaches very often because they are constantly espousing the process and what it takes to get better and each and every play and all that stuff. Almost flawless is what he said about him. I mean, that (laughs) if that doesn't say at all about what he has become in this short order, I mean, think about the fact that no touchdowns this year. He's only got or two, no uh, interceptions this year. He's only got two in 10 games that he started. Two. And they were both last year. And he wants to throw it all the time. Yeah, he was doing a good job of just calling plays where I could just, you know, take a quick drop, get the ball out, get into a rhythm. And, um, you know, so obviously I, for me, I'm always like, yeah, I'm willing to throw every down. But, um, you know, just in terms of having a balanced offense, run the ball, it's what we have to do. And so... Yeah, I felt good early on. I actually felt like you know I missed a couple throws just with BA, um, some opportunity balls um, early on that I wish I had back. But outside of that, got into a rhythm and we were able to roll. Well, that's why Shanahan loves him. He's talking about the one throw. You talked about Shanahan being a perfectionist. So's Purdy. After the game, Purdy is still bothered by the fact that he made that mistake on the one throw and missed it and threw it a little bit behind him. He's not focusing on everything else, not just in that comment, but you read other places like that clearly stuck with him and bothered him to no end. And to the larger point, listen to these numbers on passes that were 10 yards or more downfield Sunday night between him and Dak Prescott. Purdy was 7 of 10 and averaged almost 17 yards per attempt. Prescott, two of eight, and averaged seven yards per attempt. I mean, it's it's not close right now. You can take the numbers, and you can do that all day long, and they'll make plenty of sense. The, the big picture takeaway from those two when you compare them is that last night was a big stage. There's a lot of pressure there. Everyone's tuning in. It's Sunday Night Football. And even if you've got a 
doormat of an opponent, it's still Sunday night football. Everyone's getting up for that game. We saw the Jets get up against the Chiefs in a big way last week, right? Everyone's watching. Everyone's focused. It means a lot. But then it's the rivalry between you and Dallas. And then on top of it, you're both supposed to be good this year, and you're both supposed to be NFC contenders. So everything's on the line. This is just shy of what a playoff game is like. Purdy didn't look like it phased him at all. That's what I come away with. I don't need the completion percentage. I don't need the touchdown to INT ratio or the passes downfield. All that stuff is brilliant. All that stuff is brilliant. It just builds the case. He just looked calm and composed and ready to execute the plan. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got what? A seven-year veteran who looks like the game is going to crush him, who looks like the weight of the world is on his shoulders and he's not sure what to do. Part of that is on him and his makeup, and part of that is on his coach not putting him in as comfortable a situation as Purdy's in. Purdy looks so comfortable back there. He's just slinging 15-yard crossers against what was supposed to be a good defense. He's just slinging these crossers to Brandon Ayuk, to Debo Samuel, finding George Kittle wide open. He looks like it's just a game of pitch and catch, and Dak is out there fighting for every yard, looking like he would rather be anywhere but Levi Stadium. It's amazing that the guy who was the last pick in the draft two drafts ago is the one performing the way you would expect Prescott to perform and vice versa I love Rex and I think Rex is fantastic as an analyst he is absolutely terrific and sometimes he'll say things that will get your attention and people will think oh that's just Rex being Rex is this Rex Chapman Rex Grossman Rex Ryan I'm sorry this morning on get up (laughs) yes it's Rex Grossman (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please. I I see Rex this morning on Get Up, and he compared Brock Purdy in the composure and in the throws to Joe Montana. And he's not wrong. It's not saying that Purdy is Joe Montana. But in the demeanor and in everything, the way that he goes about the game and the way he looks throwing the football, and to your point, it's as comfortable as he was, that's what he looks like. That, that, that is what he looks like. You have a coach who's come out and created an offense and put the necessary skill players in place to say, look, I am going to put you in a position to succeed if you are able to do what I ask you to do. Can you do that? Trey Lance, no. Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of. Brock Purdy, yes. This could be the scariest the Niners have looked since Kyle Shanahan's taken over. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. It is true that you apparently can turn the football over multiple times and still win. It just depends who you're playing. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. That was clear at the very beginning that it was going to be a long day for the Giants. But to be fair, it really wasn't nearly as long as it could have been because the Dolphins go and win. They cover the number. 31-16 was the final. But, Joe, perhaps more impressive is something that you have been talking about with us in our pre-show meetings this morning and in the last few minutes. The the Dolphins turned it over three times and still beat the Giants by double digits and still covered the number, which speaks to what the Giants are right now. I've never seen anything like that. I yeah. play in a series of um, contests out here in Vegas. Point spread contests, pick em contests, survivor contests. It's one of the great things about this town during football season. They do some great stuff during the madness as well. But football season, you can find contests all over the place. One of the ones I play in is called Last Man Standing. They do it for college and pro. It's basically Survivor, one team a week, but you got to do it with the point spread. Oh. So you've got to beat the point spread, which means this isn't going to go all the way through the season. You're going to lose half the pool in week one. Now, you can still use the same team over and over and over again. It's just the concept is the point spread. I had Miami on two of my tickets that were remaining in the NFL contest this weekend. So I was very much fixated on that game. And I have never, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I've never seen a scenario where a team has won and covered a double-digit spread despite going minus three in turnover differential. (laughs) Turnovers are the ultimate killer. They had three of them. One of of them was a 100-yard-plus pick six. Um, The Giants committed no turnovers in that game. Miami only held the ball for like 22 minutes. They had over 500 yards of offense. You watch them. And they remind you of the great college football offenses that like as soon as they get the ball, they're just going to be down the field in the red zone in three plays and then they're going to score two plays later. It was just remarkable to watch. That was one of their worst performances of the season, the Miami Dolphins, and they were never in jeopardy of losing that game at any point. And this isn't me trying to shovel dirt on the Giants or make fun of them. It's more focusing on Miami. That they can play poorly in some of these spots and make a lot of mistakes. And they're so fast, so talented, so explosive on offense. You just, they're never out of it. They're never out of it. Tyreek Hill had his eighth career game with over 175 yards receiving and a touchdown. Eighth career game with over 175 and a touchdown. And a touchdown. Yes. That's tied with Isaac Bruce for the second most in NFL history. It's amazing what they're doing. And if you just watching the opening drive, they just went right down the field in chunks of 25 and 30 yards without blinking, running and throwing. It's it's really unlike anything I have ever seen offensively. And then we do have to focus on the fact 
that the Giants are just this bad, Joe. Well, they, yeah, they, they are real. I mean, it's 18 sacks allowed in the last two games. They give up seven yesterday, and that was an improvement by four. I mean, are you kidding? I looked up at one point watching this game, and there are names on the back of the jerseys of the offensive linemen that I have never seen. Never seen. Who? Who is that guy? Honestly, I, I can't get over how bad things have gotten for them. I thought it was going to be a season that just wasn't that good because of the tough schedule that they have and because last year, I think, was an aberration in a lot of ways. When you win that many one-score games, when you have a negative point differential and you still get into the playoffs, it, it is a, a much better uh, telling statistic for what you actually are, and nobody wanted to pay attention to it. You have lost by 40, 18, 21, and 15 this season. You're not competitive. You beat Arizona. You needed a miracle second-half comeback to beat one of the worst teams in the NFL. Congratulations. That says more about Arizona than it does about you. All four losses by double digits. You're not competitive. And you don't really show any signs of being competitive or moving in the right direction. You had an easy schedule last year. You won all the coin flips. And then when you went up against good teams, you got exposed. It was a good building block. But somehow, some way, the Giants just didn't figure out when so many of us were talking about it that they weren't nearly as good last year as they thought they were. They, I don't know what they did in the offseason. They have addressed nothing. The offensive line is in shambles. The quarterback play is atrocious. They can't run. They can't throw. They can't get stops. Yesterday, I'll chalk that one up. You lose to Miami. No one expected you to do anything there. I mean, I'd feel a little bit bad that Miami only held the ball for 24 minutes, and during those 24 minutes, they put up 524 yards and 31 points. That's a little bit terrifying yeah. that you limit them to 24 minutes and they can do that to you, but they're going to do that to other teams as well. I, the story for me coming out of here, people don't realize that in the Buffalo game, the Bills lost linebacker Matt Milano for the season. Yeah. Like, Milano goes down for the year one week after their best corner, Tredavious White, was lost for the season with an Achilles injury. The AFC is quickly going from really top-heavy and stacked to Chiefs-Dolphins. Who else is there right now? Great Because question. the Bills lost again, and they've lost two key defenders along the way. They don't look like the war of attrition is going to be on their side by the time they get to the playoffs. It feels right now like Kansas City-Miami, does it not? It does, and it might be tough to say when there's only one game separating Miami and Buffalo, and Buffalo at the moment would have the tiebreaker, but I think the division's over because of the Milano injury. When you lose those two guys on that defense, that's going to kill them. That, that is an absolute killer. I, I mean, I've heard Milano put on that tier of being the second or third best linebacker in the league, period, behind a guy like Fred Warner. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody is ever going to figure out how to contain this Miami offense. And to your point about the the first five games of the year and the records they are setting. Even Mike McDaniel's kind of joking about it a little bit. Um, mission accomplished. We had the whole time, the whole offseason, that was our goal was um, output after five games. <laughs> and then he kind of looked and smiled and pointed at the reporter as he did it. Like, he, even he knows how good this is. 
He's blown he away by it. And, and they got guys running 22 miles an hour down the field, Joe. What is it? Six of the seven fastest times recorded by an offensive player this year. Six of the seven are Miami Dolphins. Yes. I think Jamar Chase crept in there yesterday, but they had seven of seven until the afternoon wave where Jamar Chase got in there because they flashed that graphic during the game. Uh, Devin Archan, the running back, had the fastest time, and then Tyreek Hill went out and got him yesterday (laughs) because obviously – you know, that's how Tyreek Hill does it. I, I will say when, when we look Waddle at Waddle is bringing up the rear, that's saying something, Joe. Right. Remember when he was drafted, he came out with it. Wasn't it three Miami receivers came out or three Alabama receivers came out that year? Mm-hmm. Like well, Jalen Waddle's the one. Devontae Smith. Yep. Yeah. You had all of them. I mean, it's the Patriots were able to limit them to 24 when they were on the road. The Bills were able to limit them to 20 last week. I'm not going to go overboard with Miami because, again, they smashed up the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Giants. But what they're doing offensively, if if you're not watching Dolphin games, Dolphin games have become so much fun to watch. And with the upcoming schedule, Carolina's not going to mean much. They are at Philadelphia on October 22nd. That's a football game right there. We talked about the measuring stick game for the Niners and the Cowboys. Here's a big measuring stick game for the Eagles and the Dolphins. Sunday, October 22nd. It's two weeks away. I can't imagine how much those tickets are going for right now. I'll take a look during the break. I mean, the secondary market. I mean, it's hard enough to get into an Eagles game. That's got to be off the charts with what it is. That's going to be a minimum of $1,000 to even get in the building. Slay and Bradbury are going to need to play a lot better versus how they did yesterday. Those guys, this is where you're going to test that Philadelphia secondary and see what they're worth. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. It actually went from bad to worse for the Dallas Cowboys last night. We'll explain in moments on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. and ready for the NFL takeoff. I really enjoy somehow that he's saying takes there as opposed to snakes. I don't know how we did that. Tremendous. Is that AI? What did we do? I don't Tremendous know. Tremendous editing work. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. It's Monday. At this time, it is NFL takeoff. Let's go. 
49ers 42, Cowboys 10. What a beatdown in San Francisco, excuse me, Santa Clara. That was, from pillar to post, an embarrassment of the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy, brilliant. Dak Prescott, not. And that Dallas defense, Joe, they just didn't even show up. They got run rough shot over for north of 170 yards. You can blame a lot of people in the Dallas organization today. This one falls squarely on the shoulders of Mike McCarthy. It's why when you hire him as a head coach, you can expect some regular season success. You're not winning a Super Bowl. You're not going to go deep in the playoffs because this is not a guy who can out-coach the best coaches in the NFL. This game was circled. It's the only important game they've played all year. They go to San Francisco, and in the first quarter, they get run over defensively. Seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown in three minutes and 50 seconds. They come out offensively, three and out. They gain one yard. They take 50 seconds off the clock, and they punt it away. They also committed four penalties for 30 yards and a turnover in that first quarter. That is a team that was not prepared to play the biggest game of the season on Sunday Night Football. That falls on Mike McCarthy. That's why he's not the man for the job. Eagles 23, Rams 14. You know, the Eagles just continue to just do what they have to do, and they don't look spectacular in doing it, but Jalen Hurts was at his best. 300 yards passing, rushed for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown, and the guy is just absolutely as steady as can be as a high-level performer and I think the most impressive statistic that we have seen about Jalen Hurts, he has won 11 straight regular season road games. Think about that. 11 straight regular season road games. Wow. Calm, composed, able to operate in the pocket under any circumstance. How about at the end of the half when they got the ball back and they just went right down the field in the field goal range? They had enough time to take one shot at the end zone. They did. They drew a penalty. They went to the one-yard line. They didn't kick. They went tush-push, and they scored a touchdown. Phenomenal sequence of events for the Eagles and an absolute backbreaker to what the Rams were trying to do. Oh, by the way, Jalen Carter, two more sacks yesterday in just his fifth game as a pro as an Eagle fan. Thanks to every team out there that passed on Jalen Carter and allowed him to go to a team that just lost Javon Hargrave to free agency. You plug and play and you don't miss a beat. That's part of the reason why the Eagles are so successful. They're in a position to take risks. They took a risk and it's paying off so far. Colts 23, Titans 16. Colts win, but they lose in the process. Anthony Richardson hurt his AC joint. He's out a minimum of a month at this point. And, Joe, this continues to be an issue. He's taking shots that he cannot take. We saw it early in the year. We saw it in his very first game. And now we're seeing it now. And this is where, if you're the Colts, like there is a learning process that has to take place here. He's a dynamic player, and you don't want to take that away from him. But he cannot continue to absorb the shots that he is. I, I don't. I, so he's now been knocked out of two games. He's played. Five, he's there have been five games he could have played in as a rookie. He missed one outright due to injury, if I'm not mistaken. And then he's been knocked out of two other games, right? Yep. 
And it's not like it's the same injury over and over. We're talking about concussions. We're talking about shoulders. He's taken a massive beating five games into his NFL career. That's a huge problem. But very quietly, the Indianapolis freight train keeps moving forward. They're three and two this year in a year where they weren't projected to do much of anything. Credit to Shane Steichen. He's finding a way to get it done. Credit to Gardner Minshew, proving to be the best backup in the NFL right now. And, And hey, one other thing. I was stunned, stunned that they gave Jonathan Taylor the extension. $42 million, almost 27 of it guaranteed. I, I can't remember the last time I said this phrase. Good job, Jim Ursay. Holy cow. Good move. And having said that, he hands out that money, and then Zach Moss goes out and rushes for 160 yards. Right. <laughs> two, two points on that front. Number one, they understand that if Richardson's going to be their guy, by the time a Richardson extension comes due, there's only going to be one year left on Taylor. So financially, it makes plenty of sense in regards to the salary cap. And number two, if they weren't threatening to win the division this year, maybe this doesn't get done. But the Jaguars have already dropped two games, and the Colts are now 3-2. and two. They went into the weekend at 2-2. Two and two. They got to be feeling pretty good. Let's pay them. Let's compete this year. The division's up for grabs. Falcons 21, Texans 19. I, I thought my eyes were deceiving me as I'm watching Desmond Ritter early in that game run around the corner and get in for a touchdown. And the Falcons actually looked good. And then I look up and Ritter throws for 327 yards, Joseph. I was blown away by the fact that he was as good as he was in that situation. Not just the fact that he was good from start to finish in that game, because that's the best game we've seen him play as a pro. But late in the game, when C.J. Stroud orchestrated that only touchdown that Houston scored all day, in addition to all the field goals they kicked, Houston grabs the lead late. Ritter calmly takes the field, leads his guys right down the field into a casual field goal range. They drill the field goal, they win the game. Like, he was very cool, very composed yesterday. He played fantastic. One thing I know with Houston, I like where they're going. They have got to work on that offensive line. Good God, the amount of drives where they had first and 10 and they would run the ball on first down and they'd lose four or five yards on the run, and then it'd be second and 15. You can't do that to a rookie quarterback. And by the way, as an owner of Kyle Pitts, Uh, Thank you, Arthur Smith, for actually figuring out that Kyle Pitts is good. Of course, me and the rest of America had benched him because you weren't (laughs) going anywhere near him for months. Oh, boy. But he had 11 targets out of nowhere yesterday. Oh, wow. Saints 34, Patriots 0. That pretty much says it, doesn't it? Wow. I mean, Belichick just getting blanked. And the last two weeks... The New England Patriots have been outscored 72 to 3. It's over, Johnny. It's over. I mean, you just got outcoached by Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, oh. who is 18 and 40 in his career as an NFL head coach. You were a favorite in that game. It's one thing to be the Giants or the Panthers, your double-digit underdogs, and you lose to good teams like the Dolphins and the Lions. That's okay. That happens. That's expected. To be a home favorite against Dennis Allen and to get rolled by 34 while going 1 of 14 on third down, you got problems. You got big problems. You really do. And I, I I, I don't see where this is getting fixed anytime soon. And I don't see at the end of the year where Bill Belichick is the one who's going to be fixing it. 
Steelers 17, Ravens 10. Boy, Baltimore gave the Steelers just an early Christmas present in so many ways. I mean, turnovers in spots. The Ravens just handed the Steelers this game. And, I mean, a block punt and that turns into a safety. As a Steeler fan, I was blown away that they came back to win this game. And... They really had no business doing it. Basically, it came down to one big throw by Kenny Pickett and George Pickens actually getting some separation. Wow. I mean, the Steelers so far this season had the Browns gift wrap them a win and the Ravens gift wrap them a win. Like, who would have thought in the AFC North you'd have two of your division rivals handing you these wins? Uh, This was more about Baltimore blowing it than Pittsburgh winning it. I apologize to Steelers fans, but that's how I see it. Very intrigued through five games as to what this new-look Baltimore offense was supposed to be. New offensive coordinator, new weapons, quarterback no longer on his rookie deal, so we can hold them much more accountable this time around Ravens are three and two with two losses as a favorite both games that they lost they were listed as a favorite the Colts and yesterday they are squandering a beautiful opening month month plus to grabbing control of the AFC North I, I, I'm stunned. They're averaging 21 points per game with this new offense. They have got to look in the mirror, and they got to figure some things out. They're going to London to play Tennessee. They should be able to handle their business there. But if they look back and they don't like their playoff seating, should they get playoff seating at the end of the year, they can firmly look at the Colts and Steelers games to open the season because they should be 5-0 and and in command of the AFC North. The Steelers are in first place at 3-2 oh. and with a minus 31-point differential so far this year. Incredible. It Just is, incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And they are now 6-1 and against the Ravens in the last seven games. And to your uh, stat that you gave on Sunday or on Friday, and I uh, thank you for talking me into riding with the Steelers. The underdog in this series now uh, is now 23-6-1 over that that last 40 or 30 games. 23-6-1. Let's get a couple key criteria out there. Mm. Against the spread, number one. And number two, this is the Harbaugh-Tomlin rivalry. All-time Harbaugh Tomlin, the dog, 23-6-1 against the spread. People laughed at that. They said, well, a lot of that featured Ben Roethlisberger. Eh, maybe, but it once again came true yesterday. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. My friends from Superchargers, Exhaust Kits, and more. eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ah, that is part one of Takeoff, part two coming up in just a bit. The Ravens, I mean, they quite literally dropped the ball with a chance to win a huge division game. We're going to tell you what that actually means going forward next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Lamar Jackson out of the shotgun. Everybody lined up tight. Jackson drops. Under pressure. Football comes out. Loose football. Picked up by the Steelers. Who else? T.J. Watt off the strip sack. And the Steelers have it. And they've got it inside the Baltimore 10. And this place is that's Steve Levy on ESPN Radio yesterday. What else is new? T.J. Watt making plays like that. But Lamar Jackson and the Ravens they simply gave it away. And it wasn't just that play. Listen, the strip sack, it's going to happen. But the interception he threw. And then, Joe, can somebody catch the damn football? I mean, honestly, five drops from the Ravens yesterday. How in the good Lord's name does that happen? They're dropping touchdown passes that are right in their hands yesterday. They they absolutely, as you said, the word is gift-wrapped. You're right. The word is gift-wrapped as to what they did to give that game to the Steelers. They found a way to give that one away. They blew it against the Colts a few weeks ago. They should be sitting 5-0 and in firm command of the AFC North, looking around at the conference saying this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. There's problems. Kelsey's hurt in Kansas City. Burrow's playing banged up. They're off to a slow start. Cleveland and Pittsburgh are just okay. Jacksonville doesn't look as as formidable as we thought. Buffalo's got two devastating injuries to the defense. Miami's already lost a game. They should be riding high right now, and they have squandered two beautiful chances early in this season to sit three and two. The offense is scoring 21 points per game. That ain't impressing anybody. You brought in Todd Monken as the new offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson got paid. You drafted uh, wide receivers. You signed wide receivers. You got one of the top five offensive lines in the business. You got to figure it out at some point. You got to figure it out. And now we're in a situation where we look at Lamar Jackson and ESPN Stats and Info threw this out yesterday. Jackson now has 11 turnovers in the fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games over the last three years. Ouch. So you look at the last three years, in all of the one-score games that Jackson has been in during that time, fourth quarter and overtime of those games, he's got 11 turnovers. He looks like the same guy we've seen in the past, which is very, very good at times. Very, very good. But the problem for Baltimore has always been Jackson's ability to string together multiple consistent high-level performances in the postseason so that they can get to the Super Bowl. Because he has one, Carlin, one postseason win under his belt. And games like yesterday show you why. That statistic is pretty damning. 
Uh, that is a very damning statistic. It's the opposite of clutch is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Here is Lamar asked if he thought that the Ravens gave it away. I believe so. We, we didn't want to, but um, the mishaps, I mean, we wrapped up. You know, we, we had them beat. Um, offense, we had to find our groove. We didn't find the defense, played a great game. You know, kept stopping them, kept giving us opportunity. We just got to do what we do, finish drives. And not drop the football. I For, for Lamar, I, I've always been a big Lamar Jackson guy. And to have that kind of a day at the end of that game, after how well he's played over the last few weeks, uh, that is, I, I tell you, that feels like a situation where the Ravens right now are just having trouble getting over the hump against one team, that they're just a whole lot better than I. You're not going to convince me out of the game yesterday that even though Pittsburgh won, that they are better than that they no. are better than the ravens that's no. that's just not going to happen because they're not the ravens have to learn how to win consistently and not let games like that like the indianapolis game as you pointed out get away from them because uh, until then they're going to be kind of in that dallas category not an also ran but not a great team not a great team in the afc you're, you're facing Tennessee this weekend in London. So you've got an opportunity. You're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. London's the home team, so this counts as a road game. Great spot to be in. You go in, you beat the Titans. They're not very formidable. I'm surprised that line moved from four-and-a-half to three-and-a-half. I'm going to be completely honest. I expect Baltimore to put it on them. They've been resilient under John Harbaugh. They tend to bounce back off a loss very, very strongly. After that, we got a big measuring stick game. October 22nd, which we already talked about earlier in the show. Philly's hosting Miami that day. Mm -hmm. Same day, Baltimore's going to host Detroit. And that is going to be a physical encounter. You figure out how to get past that. You're at Arizona. Then you host the Seahawks. Then you get into some divisional games at home against the Browns and the Bengals. It's all set up nicely for Baltimore. But some of the problems we talk about in Dallas, where they can't get over the hump in the postseason, that's kind of been the thing with the Ravens. Like either Lamar's hurt or he's healthy, and then they get to the postseason and they just can't get it done. They flamed out that rookie year of his against the Chargers. Uh, no big deal there. You know, it's early on. But then they come back, and I believe they, they found their way to lose at Tennessee. And then they had a season where they beat Tennessee closely, and they went to Buffalo the following week, and they couldn't score any points. They just couldn't move down the field. Jackson's not on the rookie deal anymore. He's on the high-priced deal, so his game has to raise with that. I think he's capable of it, but games like this always make you wonder, come postseason time, is he going to be able to string three or four games together in order for this team to seriously threaten for a Super Bowl? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. You know who's not dropping the ball? Us. Woo! We are scorching hot scorching we're like hansel right now so hot hansel oh, so hot so hot joe three and oh again and we checked in with espn stat next gen stats on this on the espn radio pick em. Mm-hmm. uh carlin versus joe back-to-back three and oh weeks and have gone three and oh in three of the last four weeks Woo. We are 11 and 1 since week 1. Freddie and Harry, a paltry 6 and 6 since beginning their uh, year 3 and 0. Oh. And game night, 
who was our primary challenger, Q Myers, rolling at eight and one last two weeks. Three and three. Damn, we've needed to go eleven and one the last four weeks just so we're one game up on Q. And we did. Yeah, but he he's having a really strong year. He's okay. having a really strong year. We, we're, we're All I'm saying is maybe, you know, water finds its level, and it kind of feels like that might be happening in the last couple of weeks. I got to say, the teamwork that you and I exhibited during Pick'em last week is something that should be studied in business class for the future leaders of America. I, we, I couldn't agree more. Explain. We were complete opposite on Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Complete opposite. I like Baltimore. You like Pittsburgh. Or excuse me, I like Pittsburgh. You like Baltimore. We sat there. We went through it. You said, you know what? I'm going to defer to you. It ended up being a winner. We were the exact opposite on Dallas and San Francisco. I like Dallas. You like San Francisco. You put your foot down and you said, I have to call this one. I said, you know what? The big man's aggressive on this. I'll back him up. That one hit as well. And then we nailed the London game with Jacksonville and the points. So as in terms of teamwork, it's just that um, that gif of Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers just grabbing hands. That's us right now. Schwarzenegger and Weathers. <laughs> that is us in Predator. At 12 and 3, right now. Good luck. Y'all are in the rearview mirror. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.